podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Strong Leicester Boys podcast. Uh, I'm not Jake Watson, as ever. I'm Jack Holmes. Uh, Jake is working on one of his many gigs uh, that he does, so he'll be joining us in about 25 minutes, hopefully. Um, but it is the day after um, the game at Newcastle, and I don't really know how to describe it, um, but I've got two people with me who can hopefully add more colour to that than I can. More on that later. Um, so, good evening to Jordan and Rick. I'll start with you, Jord. How are you? I'm very well, thanks, mate. And may I say yet again what an able deputy you are for for Jake when he's not um, when he's not presenting and he's out doing things that he deems more important than than the podcast. That was his idea. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm very well, thanks, mate. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You 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 need to give us an update on your Sunday league football because you had some success this weekend, didn't you? Yeah, good good couple of weeks. We uh, clinched the league and cup double at the weekend. We only needed a point. Um, we set our stall out for a clean sheet, of which we've only had two all season, and we gave a penalty away. But we scored a court direct from a corner with about ten minutes left, and it was a really poor game, but. It was one of those games where it's like, well, we only need a point and that's all we've got to get. Whereas I think, you know, if you need three, it's a bit different, as I'm sure uh, <laughs> very similar last night we'll, we'll come on to. But yeah, good couple of weeks. So in, in an otherwise poor season for Leicester, at least um, at least had a bit of success in Sunday League, which is which is always nice. Does, does that make up for Leicester being shite this season? Not really, but yeah. I've, I've had my fair share of injuries over over time and I'm nearly 34 so I'm going to cling on to the last bit of uh, positivity that I can Fair enough um, Rick, good evening to you How are you? Alright mate, uh, well unlike Jordan I've won fuck all this season, <laughs> a bit like the clubs that we're, we support but uh, I'm alright, in fact no I did alright at a quiz actually on a stag do that I've just been on which um I think I won it actually, so that's a lie. So I have won some. You winning quizzes? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, I'm um, I've about recovered from my stag do. It was very heavy, um, and um, I don't know what to make of last night, which I'm sure we'll get on to. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm um, I'm doing all right. Yeah, how about you? Good. Yeah, yeah, I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. I was uh, I was stunned by the news of your return from the stag do and what you purchased. And I've actually, I ran a bit of a, uh, a Twitter poll. Now I'm back on Twitter earlier today to 
to see what people would uh, would have think thought you would have bought. I can't even speak tonight. Um, and uh, I gave three options. So, so the context of this is you've come back from a stag do and bought something, and I gave people three options. Um, although my oh, what is going on here? My poll appears to have completely disappeared. Um, here we go. I gave them three options: a tortoise named Yuri. 365 burgers in tins and a caravan to hide away in. And we've had 137 votes. What do you think came out on top? Uh, knowing my love of tinned meats, I suspect uh, a tortoise named Yuri. Uh, yeah, it was a tortoise <laughs> named Yuri. But you didn't buy a no. tortoise named Yuri, did you? No, I actually came back with a tortoise on wheels, a caravan. <laughs> Why well, have you bought a caravan? Uh, why not? I'm a family man, Jack. So, and also, so in recent years, we get, do a lot of camping, you know, since post COVID, and you know, couldn't go anywhere. And young children are splashed out on one of them air tents where you press a button and you blow it up and got a trailer and everything. And it was all going swimmingly until last summer in Wales when I blew it up. Um, and then realised that we were four hours away from home and I'd devastated where we needed to sleep for five nights. So the missus fuming had to drive around to see if there was anywhere that could have us. So then I had to pay about £600 for five nights in one of those great big bell tents. So, yeah, I've, I've, um, we've upgraded to a caravan instead. Superb. I thought you were doing it because Coventry may get promoted and we get relegated so you're moving to wales or something was my first thought well i mean that, yeah there's perhaps a uh, something in that maybe a significance of not yet uh, acknowledged because my best wow. mate's a cough fan i've just been on that stag do with him and yeah it's horrible the thought of them coming up and us going down oh more on that later right so um i'm gonna ask you two about the game because i i I'm a bit ashamed to admit this, but I actually couldn't bring myself to watch the game last night. So I turned my phone off and I had a really hot bath, um, which was good. Uh, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure it made me any less nervous about it. So, George, what what did you make of it? Because it, having seen the highlights uh, and watched a bit back, it, it sounded like a bit of a different approach. Um, not something that, that we've seen before, certainly in terms of getting a clean sheet, but it sounds like it was a, it was a tough one. Yeah, it was, a, it was a tough watch. And I think Smith said as much himself, but you, you didn't miss a lot, to be honest, Jack. Um, so having a hot bath was probably a, a much better idea. But I mean, Smith's been criticised for the way he approached the game. I've had a few neutrals sort of ask me why we didn't go for it. And, you know, as ever... People who watch their own team know more about that team than anyone else. If we'd if we'd have opened up from the start, I think we'd have got ripped to pieces. You know, they hammered Brighton, who are one of the best sides in the country, four-one the week before. And I, do, I have to say, I do think if we'd have set up this way earlier, I don't think we'd be in this mess. I think we've we've allowed our defensive frailties to to go on for too long, playing this open. Uh, you know, open, expansive style and four at the back. 
And it was a brave decision to leave out Madison and Barnes. I think they, you know, account for something like, well, almost half of our goals this season, I think, pretty much. Um, and I think it was the right one. I don't think Barnes and Madison have been particularly good recently either. And I think we've said earlier on, the, you know, before on this pod, if they don't play well, Leicester don't play well. Um, the other thing it was good to see, um, you know, I thought we were a bit shaky at first, but the longer the game went on, we started to grow into the game. It was important we stayed in the game for as long as possible. Yes, we could have probably had a little go a, go a little earlier because I think when we well we we had our first shot on target in the ninety third minute, which is the latest any team in the league has had a, their first shot on target this season. Um, but Newcastle started getting a bit nervous, which was which was interesting to see because obviously a point was good enough for them to get in the Champions League, and if we'd have maybe attacked from the seventy fifth eightieth minute, they could have got a bit a bit edgy, but but that said, they'd still possess a, a break on the counter-attack. So the thing I think was pleasing was that obviously we kept a clean sheet, but we had a bit of luck. You know, they hit the woodwork three times and, we, well, we might come on to Bruno's tackle. He shouldn't have even been on the pitch, in my opinion, when he, he looked like he was scared of heading the post instead of the ball from a yard out and somehow missed. We've not had that luck all season. And, you know, you see Forrest goal against Arsenal, um, you know, I'll refrain from talking about the red side of the Trent. They deserve to stay up, but we've we've not had any look like that a one-year goal against Arsenal. I mean, the lad slid in and it's hit his shins and gone in. We don't get any look like that. Um, and it was good to see a bit at St. James's. And that point for me, you know, I was trying to explain this last night to, to, to people and some neutrals saying, why didn't Leicester go for it? Well, we'd have got hammered. We'd, that point could turn out to be the difference. We're not going to know but it, until Sunday, but it's give us a fighting chance. And it means that Everton have to win. Everton could have drawn on, on Sunday if we'd have lost last night, but Everton have to win. And, it, you know, I've seen a lot of things on social about Bournemouth till I die and all this. Uh, and some people have said to me, well, you're relying on Bournemouth. No, we're not. The first thing is we have to win. We... It, you know, if we don't win, nothing else matters. So forget this, you know, we're, we're Bournemouth till we die and all this. We have to do our job on Sunday. And if we score first and early, that atmosphere at Goodison will be very edgy and turn very toxic quickly if Bournemouth score. So I think it's a good point. And I think Dean was, was right in what he did. And the only criticism I've got is that he didn't do it sooner. We should have been doing this when, as soon as he came in. And I know he tried it at Man City and we did get hammered, but they're the best side in, in Europe, possibly the world. And if he'd have done this maybe at Fulham, we could have got a result. If he'd have done that elsewhere, we could have, we could have picked up some points. And again, we're sure we'll come on to Suter, but you know we're not going to know until Sunday whether it's a good point. But I think it was the right thing to do. And we've got a point that gives us a fighting chance on Sunday. It's interesting, like listening to you say that because, yeah, like I said, I, I turned my phone off at the end and thought, well, that's oh, a point. It's like it's nothing useless. But then I think the point you say about Everton's really interesting. Um, I, I think I, I was thinking today, I was, and genuinely, I don't know whether I'd rather be in Everton's position or our position, knowing the side that we've got, because when the press is on us, I'm not sure we're particularly good, whereas the pressure's off us a little bit and it 
simplifies the equation. Rick, I'll, I'll ask you that. Would you rather be in our position or would you rather be in Everton's position? Well, this is it's a fascinating question. I think the whole sort of outcome of last night does make this. So, on the face of it, you know, last night's result doesn't decide whether we stay up or not. You know, leading up to last night, we're all pretty much resigned to the fact that we're going down. We're all negative. Some of us, you know, it's even driven us to physically not being able to watch us. And I've been guilty of that. I've not been able to watch us at times. And so what last night has now done is, again, it we aren't gone, but it's not necessarily in our favour. But I do think... As you've just said, Everton have, they know they've got to win. You know, had we not drawn last night, Everton could have got a draw. So it's a different type of pressure. Whereas now it's like, we've got to win. And really we should win because we're the ones that are in control of whether we stay up or not. Leicester are relying on us not to, you know, not to win. So I do think they're under pressure. And as you say, we are terrible at navigating that sort of questioning that maybe we're better, slight underdogs, you know, get the win, worry about whether Everton get it and then hope that they fluff their lines. Um, Bournemouth have proven that they're, you know, they, they won't roll over even though they've got little to play for now. There's still pride. There's still money on the table. And you never know amongst that squad, they might fancy wanting to send Everton down over us. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they, we're equally as big a scalp. But um, yeah, it's a fascinating one. And as George says, we won't really know how significant that point is until half six on Sunday. But in, I mean, to quote Brendan Rodgers, that's the beauty of it. But last night, that was the beauty of football. It was attritional. It was absolutely vulgar to watch. Yeah, afterwards, I can't stop thinking about the game plan that we opted for when we've had absolutely no game plan or tactics for weeks on end now. And as George says, why haven't we done that before? In a relegation battle, you have to swallow your pride and say, well, yes, we are a team that should be able to play football, but we've not been able to play football all season. Hence why we're on the verge of relegation. Now, it takes... Uh, a very um, brave manager, perhaps, to go and play a low block away at Fulham or at home to Everton or, or way at Leeds. But still, you've, we were far too... We had no plan. We, we neither defended well nor attacked very well um, in most of the games leading up to last night. So it's... Yeah, I'd... We, we didn't want the ball last night, did we? I mean, it was literally hoof it as soon as we got it, which was fascinating to see because I've not seen Leicester do that in years. And it was a real throwback and uh, quite uh, quite nostalgic. Um, and I'm sure it would soon piss me off. And and it was quite torturous at times to watch. But, yeah, it, it's, it's fascinating now because last night's result won't decide whether we stay up or not. But it sort of he's given us more of a chance. You know, we all said we were down. I did. I was. I almost didn't watch it. You know, and I wasn't bothered. Where like for half the game, I, I was emotionless to it. 
And then you slowly, as you got through it towards the end, and then when Castagna missed that chance, well, not missed it, when Castagna had our only chance, <laughs> uh, my reaction, I didn't realise, was going to come, and I, 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 I sort of shocked myself. Um, a bit like the Leicester players who keep slipping over all the fucking while. What's that all about? And yet, they keep... They well, slipping like over last re- night again? Yeah, loads. Oh, loads. I can't, honestly, someone needs to do something about this. It's not been mentioned at all. But it's never I the know. opposition. It's always our players. I know. And, and, and yeah, but they look really surprised. Like they yeah. can't fathom out what's just gone on. Um, I reckon they should just be fined a week's wages every time they slip over. We'd soon, we wouldn't be in this financial mess for a start if we did yeah. that. Um, but yeah, to cut a long story short, Jack, um, it's fascinating this is now. What What was your reaction when Castagna... Um, have his shot. Uh, I just made it. Made it quite an unsavoury noise, um, and sort of like like I sat on one of me spuds. Um, so yeah, it was. I'd, I'd love to. I think that should be next season. We should do a feature. You know how they do watch alongs, and I'm not. I'm not a fan of watch alongs, but I reckon people would pay to watch watch along with you. Well, you wouldn't need to comment yeah, on the game. You just need to react like that. I remember when uh, when Hazard scored that second goal, you know, in the two-all against Spurs, and my, Oscar, my son, was only about 10 weeks old, and I, he was asleep on me, and I sort of said to Liz, look, this, this is going only one way, <laughs> meaning he's only going one way if Chelsea score, and it's off me that way. And sadly, they then scored about a minute later, and, uh, yeah, he, he was crying about 10 seconds later but he didn't get injured caveat around that I just shouted in his yeah, ear yeah yeah but your perforated eardrum doesn't hurt anyone does it it won't surprise you that I missed that Hazard goal I was watching it in tour point and I went toilet and then I just heard the whole place erupt I came flying out of the bog slipped on my ass, and then <laughs> next thing just some bloke was, was all over me on the floor but I was the Did same I bet you forgot to wipe your Aris. <laughs> Didn't need to, mate. <laughs> um, but I was the same last night with Castagna. You know, like, you think the hope's gone. Oh, I don't care. We're already down. And to the, to the thing is, he probably hit it too well. He hits it so cleanly yeah. that Pope, I mean, he's made a great save. But if he fluffs that or, it, you know, wrong foots the keeper and goes into the bottom corner... But like you say, yeah. Rick, you, you know, the, you, you're not in control of your reactions. I, th- I thought it was in. But yeah. That, that result does give, you know, like it does change things. Not Well, not only for Everton, Everton have to win. But Leeds, Leeds are basically done and dusted now. We're above them. So yeah. we don't have to worry about Leeds. Whereas before, if we'd that. lost, we would have been below them. Yeah, yeah, but Leeds can still stay up, though. They if they win, win nil, and us and Everton both lose, then they're up. I mean, they've got to rely on a lot of other results, but it's such a strange. I think they need to win. I think they need to win eight nil though. Uh, No, because they're thirty one versus thirty three. So if if Everton lose, they get thirty four. Yeah, Everton have got to lose, I suppose. Yeah, that's true. I think there's going to be a point on on Sunday as these relegation final days always seem to be like this. There will be a point where each team is safe throughout the ninety minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and it's then who obviously finishes and, there. And if any tosser tries to pretend that Bournemouth have scored, yeah, 
Well, they need to, they need to be playing it on the they need to be putting the scores on the screen so the players can react to what's going on elsewhere. Although that said, if Everton score after a minute, yeah, you don't probably want them to collapse. Know that. We'd probably absolutely collapse. But um, I do think they're going to feel it. Go on, Rick. I do think they're going to feel it, Everton. They've, I know they've got experience of getting out of this. Um, in the past, but in some ways, it's almost like a magnet sucking them down. You know, we haven't been involved in this, and you know, by rights, we ought to be allowed at least one get out of jail free card, one relegation free card, and Everton are long overdue fucking off to the championship. And you know, Dyche has got all this record. I just maybe, you know, as per usual, I'm so up and down, you know, and now with one horrendous attritional nil-nil draw, fluke, whatever you want to call it. I'm now thinking that we can perhaps stay up. But it is it is quite, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm mesmerised by it. I did read something on Twitter earlier. I think it was, um, is it that 1884 Dan or somebody who posted it, that in 2019-20, Dean Smith was managing, kept mm. Villa up by getting a result at West Ham. And uh, Everton and Bournemouth played out a game that resulted in one of them pair getting relegated. So, um, could history strike twice? Who knows? Evening, Jay. Evening, lads. How are we doing? Good, mate. I'm pleased you're well, here. Mate. It means I don't have to keep asking questions now. I can leave it in your capable hands and... Well, no, because I, I might ask I might ask the same questions as you. I've just obviously been sat here listening for the last 10 minutes. Um, so I've just heard basically Rick's assessment of the game. And, mate, I was literally nodding along to, to literally everything that you, you said. I find it quite bizarre, really, because um, I'm usually a really bad watcher. You know, I'm, I'm counting down uh, literally the seconds, you know, if, if, we're, if, we're, if we're holding on to a result. Whereas yesterday, for whatever reason, I just didn't feel like there was any pressure. Um, well, well, in reality, obviously, there is a huge amount of pressure, you know, and uh, th- there's been so much stick. I'm not sure if you guys maybe saw or heard last night from, from some people criticising the tactics, saying, you know, what on earth are Leicester doing? They need to win this game. Um, and the reality is, is that we didn't need to win the game. You know, the reality is, is that, you know, what we did yesterday by getting a point, you know, I'd, I'd much rather Leicester park the bus and get a point and hope Everton drop points on the final day, then go to Newcastle and try and beat them and, and inevitably lose. So, um, yeah, I was, I, was, I was happy with the tactics yesterday. So, uh, Rick, I was literally nodding along to everything you said, and it's so frustrating that, you know, we hadn't done that more this, this season, you know, pre-existing you know, Dean Smith, you know, going to a couple mm-hmm. of games away from home and parking the bus, or not even necessarily parking the bus, but just being far more pragmatic. And we may have stole a, a couple of points here and there, and... And that would have made such a such a big difference. And um, I don't think that if Brendan had been in, in charge still, we we would have played like that at all last night. Um, I know that's maybe a completely separate debate and separate conversation to have. But um, yeah, no, I, I, I weirdly really quite enjoyed yesterday. It was quite a bizarre thing. And, and when Castani did have that chance, um, oh, I, yeah, I don't know what I would have done with myself. It would have been one of the greatest smash and grabs of, of all time, generally. But um, yeah, no, happy with the point. And I feel incredibly relaxed going into the weekend at, at West Ham. You know, because I think the point is that so many of us have resigned ourselves to, to relegation already. I have completely accepted it. 
Now, of course, that's not me saying that I want it. I've just accepted it. But but now I do think that we've got a real chance. And um, again, as you guys were saying, the fact that Everton have to win, that puts so much pressure on them. You know, and it's, it's pressure they probably weren't expecting. And also, I'm not sure if you've mentioned or you've seen, but Dominic Calvert-Lewin's out injured. He's not going to play. Wow. And that's their, that, yeah, exactly. That's, that, that's, their, that's their biggest weapon. So, um, so yeah, you know, weirdly, I, I kind of enjoyed last night. It's so, it's so interesting listening to you saying you feel relaxed about it. I feel like I seem to be the polar opposite of whatever emotions most people feel because I was very... Very relaxed going into yesterday, largely because I said I wasn't going to watch it. And then I woke up this morning and I've got hope again. Yeah. As soon as I get hope, it then gets me. And I was describing to someone today, like, in many ways, I, I can't wait for the outcome on mm. Sunday. Just yeah. knowing yeah. that it's done because it's, I'm almost so... It's This season has just been horrible, really, from, from start to finish. And... Even like I was thinking, well, if we stay up, it'll be amazing. There'll be loads of celebrations, but can't really get that. And I'll be excited about staying up, clearly, because because you want to do that. But I don't know how excited I can get about finishing seventeenth, given the last seven mm. years we've had. Well, w- uh, weirdly, um, before yesterday, because I had resigned myself to defeat um, and relegation, and that was really Jack because of the article that you'd written early in the season and what you'd said last week. Um, and I had got my head round it, and like almost like, like an, an, yeah, but almost like an analogy which you've not had in a little while. It's like a relationship that you you like you know it's over, right? You know that the relationship is over, but you can't quite break up at the moment. You, know, you want it just to be over, but it's not just over, and you know it's going to be a little bit crap once you get relegated and when this relationship ends. But you know, kind of longer term, you convince yourself that you'll be better for it, and that's kind of where I got with with Leicester and and that and that relegation. And there is part of me that still is okay with it for that reason, that, you know, you look at Leeds right now, you look at Everton right now, they were in this exact same position last season, you know? And and what you see historically is, by and large, this happens, you know, if you survive on the last day or you're involved in a relegation battle, you very rarely then find yourself in mid-table or the top half next season. It Then this kind of tends to be this circle until you inevitably get relegated and you know there's there's so much that needs to happen this summer in terms of a new manager probably 15 players and you're going to lose some incredibly good ones that are going to be you know it's not it's not your average player to replace is it people like Madison and and Tielemans Um, and as we've mentioned before kind of doing that in the championship is is easier but of course the risk of that is is that you then don't get the signings right and we end up being in the championship for for three or four seasons which obviously we, we, we don't want so so, yeah, it's, it's strange, isn't it? I think we've all been through, you know, a whole load of emotions this week. But, I, again, I kind of reiterate, I bizarrely feel incredibly kind of relaxed and comfortable about it. And, um, you know, you think about what it's going to be like at Goodison Park on Sunday. It's not. It's not going to be relaxed. They're going to feel that pressure. And um, I don't know. I don't know if, if other Leicester fans will be feeling the same. And I'm going to be really intrigued as to what the atmosphere is like in the King Power on, on Sunday. Because I think lots of us... And maybe at the same point where we are, where of course we want to stay up, of course we do, and we'll celebrate staying up. But equally, um, I don't know, I just think the atmosphere at the King Power and the Goodison is going to be very different on Sunday. Jake, I said something similar earlier. And and if we score first and early and it gets through to Goodison, yeah, that atmosphere will go very sour very quickly. And the difference is, you know, of course I'd rather be in Everton's position because they're above us. 
and they they know they've got to win and it's done if we win we've still got to hope they drop points but I, I think like we've got nothing to lose now they have no. they would, have would, got would, they, they would, could be paralyzed by fear would we agree that, as well that we've got the easiest of the three games don't know potentially because you look it's the sm- it's the smallest points gap between the two teams you've got spurs who have literally just completely stopped playing and they have and then you've got Bournemouth, who are actually, to their credit, a lot better than maybe we've given them credit for over the season. Whereas West Ham literally don't want to play this game. And I was speaking to them, I was on a West Ham podcast yesterday, and they were literally saying, like, we don't want them to play Declan Rice. We don't want them to play Jared Bowen. Whether they win this game or lose this game 5 0, they couldn't give a crap. They couldn't give he's a got, crap. He's got to play those players, though, hasn't he? Because boys will have all kinds of stuff thrown at him if he doesn't play his strongest team. Well, this is the thing, and I I suggest that this weekend, like, Rick, if you think about it, right, if it was any other ordinary game, you know, you would just change the whole team. You know, if it was the middle of the season Mm. and they had a big big European game in midweek, you'd just change the team, no problems. But imagine David Moyes played 11 changes, plays a load of academy players, Leicester win 5-0, Everton get relegated. Do you think Everton are just going to be okay with that and not go to to the Premier League and complain? That, that's kind of. Well, but I think the fact that, that West that West Ham don't want to play this game. I think yeah. we've got the. I think we've got the easiest of the three games. We it's, should win. Yeah, it's it's the, tough shit, though, isn't it? It's tough shit if Moyes does that. It's nothing to do with Everton. He can pick what team he wants. But but you can get charged for it. It has happened before, hasn't it? I mean, Man United put out a heinous team against us when we beat well, yeah, yeah. On, on <laughs> the week. Yeah, Luke Thompson, yeah. didn't you? Yeah. Um, the, the one thing I would say about it is it's the sort of game that if you go, say you go two up, which would be amazing, clearly, for West Ham at that point, they'll just mm-hmm. sort of go, rather than trying to get back into the game, they'll just be like, let's not get injured. Yeah. yeah. So the start, the start's incredible. Like the first half an hour is just incredibly important. I, I do so do think- we approach, do we approach Sunday gung-ho or do we go pure... Wimbledon 1980s like we did last night which I, I fancy I'd get Suter up front I'd get Larrups in it up there in the mixer <laughs> I mean I, th- I think the atmosphere would be good uh. I think that I think that was really good like the weird thing is if you look at the three teams like we're probably just resigned to the fact that we're going down and it's it sounds bad but it is the season's been so bad that it's almost impossible to care as much when you've seen what we've seen in the last seven years. Everton has been coming for ages. Everton have been getting worse and worse. They're always in this situation in the last few seasons. They'll be in it next season again. Leeds obviously stayed up on the final day last season. Our, our season has been so bad that I think we've got to that apathy stage where, say we are losing, the stadium will be half empty, whereas mm. Leeds will be rioting at Ellen Road. If, if Everton go down, they'll be kicking off, whereas we, we'll be the opposite. So for that reason, I think that the atmosphere will be good. Yeah, but on, on that though, Jordan, because again, I was having this conversation earlier with, with an Everton fan of mine, um, you know, and obviously they've got similar, I mean, not, not identical, but similar kind of gripes with their board, you know, and, 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 and if you're down there, I think most do, don't they? You know, Leeds haven't been happy with the way that they've been run. So question for you guys, the scenario, if Leicester do win and do stay up on Sunday, 
at the end of the game, are we going to air any kind of grievances towards the fans and players? Or are we just going to be so caught up in the moment of staying up? Or do we actually still take the opportunity to say, look, we've got away with one here. And you still need to know that what we've been served up this season as a fan base has quite simply not been good enough. Because I've just almost got this vision of, of you know, as winning the game, as staying up, pictures of the the bench and the, you know, the director's box, etc. Everyone just looking incredibly pleased with themselves. And then, you know, giving everyone a pat on the back thinking, yeah, job done. Um, and I, it, it's, it's not, is it? It's right, OK, we've got a one, away with one here. You, that was the, the wake-up call that, that you all quite clearly needed. And I, again, I think it would be, be interesting to see on Sunday because I would like us, if we stay up, to still vocalise that we're not happy with the way the club's been run. Surely no one can think after this season... And I'm saying this, I don't, I don't know, but surely no one can think, yeah, it's gone really, like, if we stay out of 17th, <laughs> like, job done, uh, can they? Like, you'd like, they, you'd like no to think one can not. think that. With the wage bill we've got, whatever happens on Sunday, this has been an absolute disaster of a season. Mm. You, you can't get away from that. And the next day after the season, I wrote this in the Foss way, Normally, I go into the summer window being, oh, you know, things take time. They have their holidays or whatever. Something like less than 75 days till the championship season starts, less than 85 till the Premier League starts. Like, it's, it's, not, it's not very long. No. Um, so they, they, they need to have already got some plans in place. And <laughs> we've got the biggest rebuild you can ever imagine. Yeah, because we're not going to have huge amounts of funds, whatever division we're in. We're not going to be in a position where we've got free agents lined up, and there are plenty of free agents knocking about. So, I'd like to think no one, no one would think after this season that you know if we stay up, that's a that's a great result. I, I have I have got a scenario in my head, and I, I I don't want to, I don't like imagining things too much, but I would love Vardy to have one final say in yeah. our story. And then if I was him and he has a significant say in our story, I would then retire at that point. Yeah. I know he's got another year, but like it's the perfect ending for him. And that's what I keep coming back to in my head. So yeah. I don't, don't like to get too ahead of myself, but um, that would be amazing. No, that's the scenario we can get very excited about. Yeah, no, I tend to agree. Um, another scenario, <laughs> um, Dean Smith. Yeah, it, it, is there any chance he stays on? Is it is it a no from all of us, Rick? What's your thoughts on on Dean Smith? Because you you you've you know been a, a big fan. You like him, and also let's not yeah. forget as well, lads. We've said if <laughs> don't know why I'm bringing this up because I don't want it to. But if we if we stay up, we've, we've got to get a Dean Smith haircut. <laughs> we did say that. Oh yeah, and you've got to have a, a bath in Bombay mix, Rick. Yeah, five hundred quid's worth. This is um, <laughs> so this is going to be an expensive couple of weeks for me after my caravan purchase. Um, <laughs> my thoughts on Dean Smith right now: um, I'm happy to have the haircut, and I'll, <laughs> I'll pay my four pound or whatever it's going to cost. Um, I mean, I think we said at the start when he came in. Realistically, everyone looks at how many points we thought we're going to need to stay up, and you think he's probably three or four wins out of eight games. Well, if he wins half his games in charge, then 
you know, that's a, a really good run of results, a turnaround, and he's perhaps shown, you know, a promising signs that he could do it longer term. If if we win on um, on Sunday, what's that? Two wins and three draws out of eight games, is eight it? Or games. two wins, two draws? Uh, yeah. So it, it's. I don't know. I'm I'm still. I've been a bit bit unhappy with some of his team selections. Put it that way. I mean, you mm. only have to see Harry Sutar last night put in the man of a match performance, headed everything, calm, good on the ball. Um, I just don't know why he wasn't playing. Um, I feel like if he had been playing over fast, I don't think we would have been... Um, I think we would have had more points on the board than we've got under him. Uh, and there's been a couple of other um, players not playing that have annoyed me a bit. And some of the systems that he's picked. So I really don't know, Jake, if I'm honest. Uh, I know yeah. he's just trying to fight fires. And that's I, the thing, I isn't it? Would, yeah, I'd take the opportunity to really overhaul everything. I feel like he's a stopgap. And the other question that I think we were probably going to ask as well is, does staying up on Sunday, obviously we're all going to say, yes, I want it. But is that the best thing for our future? We won't know that. But yeah. this is the, the, you know, all the permutations that are going through my wacky brain. Um, I don't know. I don't know now. I was I was more than I was more than con, not content. I was resigned yeah. to relegation and the anger and fire and wanting to lob seven bells of shit at anyone that was <laughs> involved in this debacle. Now I don't know. Yeah, no, mate. I've been having the exact same conversations on air at Talksport, and people keep looking at me funny when they say, "You know, are you nervous? Are you, you know, or how are you feeling?" It's like I'm fine. Like I'm okay. You know, and mm-hmm. and, and genuinely. Uh, as again, you guys have said, I'm not going to actively want us to get relegated. I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to want us to stay up. Of course I am. It'd just be frankly weird if I wanted otherwise. But if the worst case happens and we get relegated, I'm not going to be sat there in my, in my seat crying. Everton fans might be. It's just a completely different scenario. And, you know, and, and the reality is we won't know until, you know, six months, a year down the line. But if we got relegated, there is a chance that this is the best thing for the football club. But, you know, because of the financial implications of, of running, you know, Leicester, it's kind of not really worth taking that risk, is it? You know, it's in our best interest still to stay up. Of course it is. I think, I think I'd be more relaxed going into the summer in the Championship. Yeah, yeah. I, so for my own sanity, I'm also, I'm half like, if we stay up, my anxiety will be rife again on Monday. Like, I'll enjoy Sunday evening and then I'll spend the entire summer wondering who's leaving, who are we signing, who's the manager, like, all that stuff. If we go down, I'll just be like, the man. Um, so that's my own view. What do you think, Jordan? Yeah, I mean, I, I just can't get my... I can't get on board with going down will be the best thing for us because you're going to lose all that TV revenue. And whatever happens in the summer, we do need A, a manager. B, you're going to have 10, 15, you know, 20 players in and out. And it's, you know, you might say it's easy to do that in the championship, but in reality it isn't because you're going to be attracting a far less quality player than you could attract than if you were in the Premier League. And, you know, obviously you'd be paying them less wages. But on that scale, to find a team of, of gems is, 
to come straight back up is nigh on impossible. And you only have to look at Norwich this season, who finished 13th. And again, people who are saying, oh, I think it'd be good fun in the championship. Well, I can assure you it won't be if after November we're in the bottom half and we're shit. It won't be any fun. And we'll, we'll, we could be down there for 10 years. There's, not, there's nothing to say that, they, that we'll bounce straight back up. So, I, I mean, I've been to every ground in the championship as well. They're all shit. The football's shit. And if we go down, it will be shit. So, I think, we, we, you know, we, we absolutely will benefit from staying up to rebuild the team. On Smith, cracking bloke. You know, I'd love to go for a curry with him and have a few pints in, uh, in Rick's caravan. Um, I just don't think long term he's he's the right fit. And if if we go down, I'd I'd keep him because um, I don't think we're going to have much choice. I don't think anyone's going to be jumping to take the Leicester City job if we're in the championship. Um, and I, again, I've seen these these rumours that oh Potter's still the first choice. You, you you're on planet nine. Do you know what I mean? You are not going to get Graham Potter in the championship. You you might get him if we're in the Premier there's a chance if we stay up we get him. Yeah. Um, but there's too many, there's too many unknown scenarios at the minute. We'd have to wait and see after Sunday, and then we can, I suppose, have a more coherent argument on on where the club goes. But we obviously it'd be much better for us to stay up. Um, and like Rick said earlier, we're due one get out of jail free card, surely. And if any club can do it, it's Leicester City because the last seven years have just been absolutely mental. So it wouldn't it wouldn't be beyond the realms of of sanity that we stay up on the final day, would it? No, I, the point I think you, you made about luck, I was thinking that. I mean, we've had all manner of luck go against us. I mean, the, the red, I've seen the red card from last night, or the, the, the should have been a red card. I'm really disappointed with the players' reaction around them again. That's Newcastle. Nine of them are all in the face of the referee. Yuri was the only one that said anything. You need to get in the face of the referee to get him to make that decision. It didn't actually look that bad initially, but you can tell one or two of them knew it was bad. And the way Sumari has gone down, it's hurt him. And it, I, I just, the, the housery is just completely lacking for me. But, but anyway, to go back to the point on, on luck, we are due some luck. You know, we're a team that's had a centre-back volley two in against Liverpool in the game we should have won. And he should have scored an own goal last night. Yeah. Inexplicably. I mean we did have we did have a fair bit of luck. I mean, like you said, Bruno's head of the post rather than the ball. And Everson, I mean what he was doing at one point, I have no idea. He managed to sort of like try and catch the ball in his chest next to Dan Byrne. Inexplicable. Mm. Um so yeah we are we are due some luck. Some something's got to go for us eventually, and we've had so few moments in this season to actually, you know, cheer about. There's been two or three really, um, so we are we are due one, yeah. I would say. A quick a quick word on on Daniel Everson. I know I put it in the group this morning. <clears throat> in the Times, Henry Winter gave Daniel Everson an eight out of ten. So basically, he said it was our best player. I mean. He did get a clean sheet. I'm not sure if it was one of you guys or someone else. It's probably one of the worst clean sheets a goalkeeper has, has ever had. Um, he he was all over the place last night. He he really was. And, you know, again, that's his first clean sheet, isn't it? It must be because, you know, we haven't had one in 21 games. Um, so his first ever Premier League clean sheet, but but not, um, not a great performance. And my favourite part of it was, because we've mentioned his distribution a few times, haven't we, before, 
was in the, the final seconds of the game where Dean Smith is telling everyone to, to get up the pitch, get up the pitch. And Everson's got the ball in his hands to, to, to punt it, hopefully into the opposition box and cause a bit of chaos. And Everson just kicks the ball straight out. Nearly <laughs> um, so it's like, Yeah, it's like went straight <laughs> off the pitch. Didn't it? God's sake, his, his kicking really does need some work. But but yeah, yeah no, that's just a minor point on Everson because he has been good. But I just thought it was quite funny last night. It's his worst performance and um, it was his first ever clean sheet. So, right. Uh, I need to go in 10 minutes and I'm going to leave you boys to it. So before we go, just purely for my own benefit so I can lose. Can we play Who Are You? Yes. Do you want me to take over and play the music, mate? Yes, please, Jay. Right. We're good? Beautiful. Who is your daddy and what does he do? Who are you? You. No, not me, you. Yes, I am you. Just answer the damn questions. Who are you? Wait a minute. Who are you? Right then. So yeah, uh, we've got Jack for about five or so minutes before he needs to shoot. Um, I can't remember who's in charge. George, are you? George, it is it you. It's me. Um, I've got one this week because I'm, I mean, it's one of them where I think it's hard and someone could get it after the first guess. But I'm, I'm pissed off that I'm so bad at this game. <laughs> so I'll try to make it difficult for you. And, and we'd like to be nice and say, no, George, you're not that bad. Um, but yeah, you are. You, didn't you get Luke O'Neill the other day? I, I did, yeah. I thought George got that, no? No, no that he said me. Martin O'Neill. <laughs> no, I, I got Luke O'Neill. Yeah, no, sadly George didn't. Um, but yeah. I'm going to kind of wing this as I go along. Um, but we, we'll start with the, with the classic. Um, I was born on the 12th of May, 1989. So he's okay. age 34, which should help two of the three. Not saying that Rick's vastly older than you two. But... <laughs> Nathan Dyer. No. That'd um, be peak Rick if you got that. Yeah, that would be. <laughs> We'd all just Any go of... home. We'll go to the second clue just so no one gets it on the first clue. Um, Bizarrely, actually, says he... He didn't play for Leicester. I was obviously going by Wikipedia, but he did. Um, I made my senior debut in 2006 in a 3-2 League Cup defeat at Aston Villa. Actually, it was at home. Sorry. It was at home. To Eric Noddy Hambo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, got like a, he got like Academy Player of the Year or something. I do remember. Yeah. Striker. Yeah, he was. I mean, He's still playing. Fuck's oh, no. sake, Rick. <laughs> Rick, do you know who he reminds you? Reminds me of Fox's Talk legend. Thracian. Um, Thracian used to, yes. used to absolutely love the youth team. He did. He loved Oddie Hambo, didn't he? He was he was yeah. him into any any conversation. And didn't he Andy move to did. Scotland? Like did he go to Inverness? <laughs> He went to Inverness. See, I, see, I would have got it. Just one more. Uh, but like, yeah, I'm good, but knowledge. Rick. They say I'm good, but you're ridiculous, Rick. Yeah, like really weirdly good. I mean, I should have good. I should have gone Leicester clues at the end, but then again, if I said Inverness, mate, I don't think I would have got that. Playing a, a substitute appearance in a cup game, and that was his only ever one. 
Niche. And for Rick, Rick to get it off the back of that. Um, remember. Just remember it. I remember I was there. I remember him coming on. It's like you knew what the clue was going to be and the answer before Jordy even came out of it. Do you know what I mean? It's like you have a list of possible who are you. Do you know what I mean? Some proper rogue there players. There must be like a chink in his art. Like there is, there is uh, like two years where he was disinterested, surely. Well, well just apparently, find him. Rick, you said you'd never heard of Luke O'Neill. No, that, weirdly, that was a complete um, so Pearson, mind blank. There's some sort of uh, mm. the promotion season in the well, yeah. playoff season with Kermagant. Probably the season we need to hone in on a little bit. Yeah, maybe, I so. maybe. I mean, I, I I thought I knew a lot about that, but yeah, and that Luke O'Neill, I, I had a look. He was part of the he's part of Rudkin's academy team that won the whole um, sort of academy league. Yeah, yeah, he was, he was good. But, I liked him. Yeah, I just don't recall. I don't know. Weird one. How I, I don't remember. We've got noise in the context of this that I I put a photo of someone wearing a black shirt with a blue sash in our WhatsApp group and said, who's this? And it happened to be Luke O'Neill. Mm. <laughs> and we, we wasted it. It was the one player that Rick didn't know and we we, we wasted it. We oh, I've got another one that I reckon the, uh, that um, Rick won't get. Okay. okay. Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll have to save that. We'll have to save that. Um, right then, Jack, are you going to shoot off? Um, I've got like two or three minutes. Oh, okay. Around and then I'll slope off. So where do we want to go from from here before we finish up? Obviously not finishing just yet, but you know what I mean. Where where do we want to go next? Um, well, we could argue and discuss what would you do with the team on Sunday, but I yeah. think it's fairly obvious that Madison and Barnes should come straight back in. But that said, I'd keep Suter and Evans if Evans can actually play more. Evans went off with Cramp, didn't he? Or- Something I think he got a dead leg, he got hit pretty hard to be fair. I know he's very brittle, um, but he, he did. I think it was a dead leg, and I'll be honest, at the time, I thought he's gonna have to come off here. Um, but yeah, no, with Evans, it is a bit of a, a strange one, isn't it? Because we've we have criticized him, and I think again, you know, absolutely rightly so, his inability to to stay fit, um, and just the amount of we've we've seen or heard from him for 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 who is the club captain throughout the season, I think has been. Um, not good enough, but um, I do think that defensively, you know, clearly he he does organise and and read the game well. Um, Suit is obviously inexperienced at this level. Fez is is chaos. Um, if I think it's so, I'm not sure if he's going to be fit for for the weekend. Um, so whilst I kind of thought that we we'd seen the last of of Johnny Evans, I think now we're back at that point where he's probably quite key to to the weekend. Whereas you know, a few weeks ago, we thought we'd, we'd probably seen the last of him. I think he, he definitely, you know, definitely playing in the back three, he, he would help the likes of Fez and Suter. But um, I think you've got to you've got to get Madison and um, Barnes back into the team. I thought Thomas was was decent yesterday. Um, I agree. It, it, him and uh, Castagna got better as the game went on because they struggled at first up against Almiron and um, I always forget that lad's name, Isaac. Um, but I thought as the game progressed, they, they, they got better. So I'd go with both of those. Um, and Didi and Samaria frustrate the life out of me. But, you know, yesterday we were just launching it into, into nowhere. Yeah. We just, just, <laughs> honestly, it was like kids getting the ball sometimes and just panicking and just hoofing it. As even, it. Yori, even Yori was doing it. And, Isn't um, Didi injured? Didn't he go off injured? Yeah, I think so. Which is a bit of a shame because although it was... 
and it probably suited him because we didn't play football. But I thought he got about the pitch way. He was gliding around the pitch better than he has done in a long while. But um, mm. yeah, I think I he was, did his hamstring. I wasn't sure he did. I was, I was about to ask that actually because of the performance from Indeedy. What I've read has divided people because you know I was making a bit of an effort to to watch him closely. And Rick, I wasn't entirely convinced he was getting around. You know, I, I felt. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, I felt at times he was. He was not. not I don't want to be overly critical because he wasn't awful. But you know, again, I'm going to compare him to the one that you know from two seasons ago, and it just felt that he would just cover the the, the ground like a, an absolute animal. Whereas again, I'm just finding him a little bit kind of too kind of, you know, lackadaisical, just a little bit like he's not. He's not at full full pelt like he was a couple of years ago. And so I've seen some people say that was a, a bad performance from him again, whereas others were saying he was he was good. I mean, the reality is it's probably somewhere in the middle. But yeah, I, I think I still would probably want to see Mendy come in. But I think we can all safely assume that that Dean Smith isn't going to bring him in because I mean he's, he's barely featured, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, I would still prefer Mendy at this moment in time. You're absolutely right. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, Ndidi's performance last night was nowhere near the level that we'd seen in the past. Peak Ndidi, no way. But I just there were moments last night where it, it was obviously the the um, the role he'd been asked to play, but he wasn't just sitting. He he was actually the one pushing on a little bit when we were getting balls into the channel. There's a couple of times he was up there. That's probably what. Has stuck in my mind when I say that he he moved about the pitch a bit better. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't start him on Sunday. I don't think he'll play anyway because he's injured. Where, whether Mendy will play instead of him, probably not. Which is again a real mystery. I don't think Jusbiol's going to be back either. Certainly not to start. So then you are in the realm of well, what's your midfield three going to be? I suppose it's then Samari. Telemans and well, is it Madison in the three? Well, that's then, the thing. Then who's your? I, I mean, this is where I don't know. I'm I'm a bit like Jura. I feel like wing backs is the system to go, but then Barnes and Madison needs to play. So I suppose you then play what like three five two or three four one two with mm. Madison behind and Vardy and Barnes, but then could it be three, four, two, one and Barnes drops out and Ian actually and Madison support Vardy? I feel like that's probably where I'm leaning to at the minute. Um, yeah. Because I don't think we've got enough midfield options to provide that sort of class to break teams down. Mm. And and I and I feel that I mean again it's just my feeling towards kind of what we've seen from from Dean Smith. But I think he would do all he can to to get Ian Acho in that starting lineup on Sunday. That that's my gut feeling. And then if you're gonna play Ian Acho and um, Vardy, which again I feel like he wants to do. Now whether he does mm. it or not is w- remains to be seen. But I feel like he wants to do that. And now we've seen with the Newcastle game, Jordan, he's not afraid to drop Madison and Barnes. I wonder if he does change it up again in terms of the formation, or if that's just too much of a risk. But there's part of me which thinks he'll go with Vardy and Iheanacho and then with Madison in the team as well. And, and Barnes potentially misses out because I think that, I think that you know, if you're going to bring one of the two back in, it, it has to be Madison. 
And I think if you want one as an impact, it's probably Barnes. And as Rick says, in terms of those midfield options we've got, again, I'm not quite sure how serious Ndidi is. But again, if he's, if he's not available to play, he doesn't appear to want Mendy. So he'll yeah. go with Sumari and Tielemans, which is frightening, again, because obviously we've been there and seen this already. But if he goes with Sumari, Tielemans and then Madison and then Ian Atcher and Vardy, I'll be honest, I've kind of lost track of how on earth that would look and what sort of formation that is. But it kind of works, doesn't it? Or is that just too rogue for, for, for such an important game? Well, I remember the team he picked against Wolves. I mean, that yeah. was absolutely wild. It was. Um, but, I, but this is different, right, for this game. Yeah, but I, I think because we've got to start quick and we've got to score early, just to put a bit of pressure on Everton, I, I think Mendy has to start. I mean, he obviously isn't, he's probably not going to because Smith doesn't seem to be a fan yeah. of him. But we need someone in there who can just keep it ticking, five, ten-yard passes. Well, we've just and, seen that Sumari and Tielemans as a duo, it doesn't work. No, they, they can't run. They're too... Well, I think it would be harsh to say on, <laughs> that they're too similar because Sumari is not even half the player that Tielemans can be. Um, I mean, when last night we actually started passing the ball, we, we actually had a spell <laughs> of like... 87th minute. <laughs> yeah, we had a spell of like 20 <laughs> passes. Um, and Newcastle got a bit nervous. I think on, on Sunday, we have to have Mendy in there to keep it ticking. Yuri can give you a bit of quality. I would actually go Madison inside. Barnes, Vardy, and I'd go balls out and I'd play Tete. Or Ricardo if he's fit, but he's not going to be fit. So Tete, purely because he's got to fucking do something sooner or later. He could be one of, <laughs> he could be one of them cult heroes that was absolutely shit for six months, bar Villa, <laughs> and scores the winner. Um, but I think we've just got to go for him. We've got to go for it because West Ham aren't going to, be that bothered if they go behind like Jack said and the, the worst thing we can do is be nil nil or one nil down at half time and it'd be really cagey and nervy in the ground I think you've got to give the fans something to get behind and we're not renowned for fast starts but you know I saw earlier we've only took the lead I'm pretty sure we've only took the lead once after Christmas we've only scored the first goal once which is absolutely criminal mm. um, and for a side that we've scored the most goals in the bottom half Mm-hmm. We've got to start quick, and that would be my that would be my team. And as a side, and he didn't get any service last night, but I thought Ian Acho was absolutely atrocious. He looked miles off it. I don't think he's fit at all. I don't think you can play him on Sunday because he just didn't look fit. I mean, I know, I know, like I said, they didn't get any service, but Vardy did okay with what limited service he had because he's still more mobile. And Ian Acho just looked absolutely miles off it, I thought. So I'd definitely not play him. Um, I'd be inclined to play Dakar over him if, if, that would, if he were to go to up front just because he's quick. And that's what defenders hate. I think Iheanacho would be a piece of piss to play against, personally. But, um, you know, I'm not the manager. No, and you're, you're not a fan of Iheanacho either. No, um, let's be honest. <laughs> it's abundantly clear. Uh, Rick, come on then, mate. Because with this game, it said the, the yeah. two results that we've got, the Wolves game and the Newcastle game, he has gone proper rogue with those team selections. Yeah. So I wonder in his head, he's either thinking, right, do similar again, because clearly that's worked when he's kind of, because obviously the opposition has no idea. I, I presume they had no idea the way he was going to set up. I mean, the, yeah. the only times he's set up properly, you know, the, the Everton and the, the Leeds games, 
we've we've kind of and, and, and the Fulham game, we, we've yeah. we've come unstuck. So like you yeah. know, you would feel that most managers for a game of this magnitude would ordinarily stick to the trusted formula in terms of a standard formation, which is probably you now a four three three or whatever. But you know, there probably is something in the back of his head thinking, "Fuck it, we need to win." I've done this a couple of times now where I've I've tried something different and it's worked. I mean, which, which way do you think he he'll go, and which way do you want him to go? <sighs> Yeah, I'm, I totally agree with you, Jake. I think it it feels like he needs to do something outside, thinking outside the box. Because if we go our our, our sort of set pattern of play, whether it's under Rogers or under Dean Smith, is we're not good defensively and we're not particularly that threatening going forward. We do score goals, but they seem to be in in batches, and it's often when the result we're chasing a result, and the goals might be the game's already gone. Um, as George says, I don't like the thought of us keeping it tight and thinking, well, we only have to win the game. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, play tactical, maybe take some confidence from, from last night and keep it tight. And, um, you know, one nil in the 89th minute is dreamland stuff. It's not if Everton are gaining confidence from the fact that we aren't winning. And I know they're not going to, like all the players aren't going to have a blue tooth earpiece in listening to Neville fold you, but um, it's, <laughs> it's um, we've got to start quick um, somehow. And, mm. you know, whether it, we, we've started the odd game. All right. And we've got to be intense. We've got to take a chance. We've got to have a bit of luck as well. You know, whatever it is, get a goal ahead. And as everyone said, West Ham don't want Sunday at all. I no. don't think they do. And if they, they do, don't. they can fuck off. You know, <laughs> come on, give us a chance. You've got Fiorentina in a couple of weeks. Go and enjoy yourselves. But enjoy it by being disciplined, eh? <laughs> yeah, no. Um, obviously, I'm conscious I missed some of the, the start of this, this podcast today. So I obviously don't want to go over um, ground you've already gone over. I mean, are we at the any, any other business stage of, of the podcast um, for this week? Yeah. Anything else you lads want to bring up? I've just got one. Yeah, go on to bring up, and that, that is Rick's caravan. Um, yes, yeah, so was this discussed? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think I'm right in saying in the WhatsApp group we haven't seen hiding a hair of it. And all I want to know is if we stay up, it's got to be a party at Rick's caravan, isn't it? We that's not a problem. So I will, I'll send you some pictures. I've got to go over and sort it out. Um, <laughs> Either tomorrow, or de- I'm off Thursday, and then we're going away Friday. So I'll definitely have some uh, some footage and uh, and stuff to send you on Thursday. But yeah, we will. We'll like, I think we record an episode from the caravan at some point. It's going to it's, it's be the studio for next season. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's going to be the, the big strong Les Boys studio, Rick's caravan. <laughs> some, someone did tweet in saying. Instead of a swear draw, we should do a drinking game. So I think we should do that in the caravan. <laughs> sounds, Mate, sounds dangerous, oh God, doesn't it? God, yeah. it's, it's brilliant. Did, did you run it past the missus before you bought the caravan? Was this uh, was, was, well, it, was this so, something you predetermined or did you so drunk Rick buy it? I'm taking a lot of the credit for it when actually it was more it's more the, the missus that sorted it out because right, we've wanted okay. one for a while. We have wanted one for a while. Um so no, I can't take all the credit. Um, but you know, don't let the truth get in the way. Don't yeah, don't don't let the truth get in the way, eh? 
Um, I'll, I'm, I'm bagging yeah. that. <laughs> right then. So, final question. It's the big one. Jordan, Sunday, what happens? Do you know what? If you'd have asked me before yesterday, I mean, after Fulham, I'd give up when I thought it was done. Mm. I have got a feeling that we're going to do it. And I've been positive all year, so why change my tune? I've had a little wobble Yeah. Um, after maybe Leeds, Everton and Fulham. Well, definitely after Fulham. But last night gave us a fighting chance. And if anyone can do it after the seven years we've had, Leicester can. Mm. And I just, I've just got a feeling that we're going we're gonna to do it because we're in the bottom three. We've got fuck all to lose. Everton have got everything to lose. And our season's been so, so bad. I did something for Match of the Day X, I think it is. And the guy, the lad asked me, what's been your highlight of the season? And I said, there are, there's not been one. There's not been one highlight. Um, I, I said, you know, maybe beating Forest 4 I was going to say, or, that's, or, that's probably that, isn't it? Or Tottenham. But I said, well, we've got the seventh highest wage in the country. That's, it shouldn't be the highlight. So mm. I was being a proper arse about it. But <laughs> I think we are, due, we are just due a bit of luck, something to celebrate. It's been coming for years, Everton. That's the only thing Everton have got to hold on to is that they've never been relegated. And, you know, yeah. ha- ha- happened to Hamburg in um, Bundesliga. I'm off to Hamburg in a couple of weeks. Happened to them. It, it comes round eventually to everyone. And I just, I don't know why. I think it's, I think it's their time this season. I mm. think it's Everton's time to go. Yeah, see, I, I think, like you said earlier, Jordan, at some point on Sunday each one of those three teams may well be out of it. Um, I've got a feeling it will be one of them on Sunday. And I have got a feeling as well that Everton aren't going to win. My only concern is just with Leicester, we have absolutely no idea what what we're like, you know, and what team mm. um, and what performance we're, we're, we're going to show. We're, we're that kind of side, aren't we? We just have no idea. And, you know, over the recent years, we've we've kind of proven that when the pressure's on, we're not particularly good, you know? And I think that, yeah, in, in some ways, if Everton aren't winning and Leicester then know that you know, they can win this and they can stay up, I almost feel like that's not a good situation. We somehow need to do it kind of really late on, you know, when it looks like all hope has been lost just because, you know, that takes the pressure off the players for that period. I don't know, I've got visions of penalties as well, which fills me with dread. Um, you know, and who on earth would take one of them if we got a penalty? Again, you know, imagine that being late on and, you know, Vardy steps up in the 85th minute to potentially put us in, in front knowing that, that Everton aren't winning. I don't know. I just think that this will have drama and, and uh, yeah, I think the bravest I'm going to be is to say that I don't think Everton win. But whether we win or not, I just have no idea, Rick. Um, yeah, I'm going to stick with my original predictions, mainly because my predictions have been absolutely diabolical this season. <laughs> Someone pointed that out on Foxy's talk a day or two ago and said the amount of things you've got wrong this season are astonishing. <laughs> and I should have been offended by that, but um, I'm not. I found it funny. I said a while ago, we're going down. I said Forrest are staying up. And I said the shitters down the M69 are going to win the playoffs. And... You know, we're going to find out going into Sunday whether two of those are true. I really hope I'm wrong about at least one of them and the one being us getting relegated on Sunday. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I can't bring myself to think we are genuinely staying up. But 
you know, talking through it all tonight. We've got, it, it's been fascinating. <laughs> it really has. And my only other thing that I wanted to say slightly earlier about is staying up better than going down. Well, obviously staying up is better than going down, but only if the end result is that our egg gives themselves a massive wobble and the board makes some massive changes and look in the mirror and don't shake hands and say, job well done this season. But they've got to do that regardless. You know, it's all well and good as saying we, if we go down, drain the swamp, we start again. Yeah, but we probably won't. So you're doing what we would be doing if we stay up, i.e. burying our heads in the sun. So obviously staying up is better than going down. But I just hope whatever happens, this club takes some leadership and really owns up to what's gone on because it will be not an achievement to stay up on Sunday, even though we'll be celebrating like mad through relief. And then the anger will probably come anyway. Um, yeah. um, so. A, a quick one as well, actually, to be honest, um, maybe should have been mentioned sooner and people may be angry with me bringing this up, but I've seen today um, the weekly wage bills for the championship teams in the championship. And I could not quite believe it. So when you bear in mind, right, that ours is what average about 90, Jamie Vardy top earner around 140. Some people think it might be a bit more. Um, and I'll use Coventry as, as the example because they're in the playoff final. Guys, have a guess. What do you think Coventry's weekly wage bill is? So bear in mind that Vardy's 140. What, the their entire, their, their average weekly wage or their entire weekly wage? For the, for the first team, weekly wage bill, they are the 23rd highest, so the second lowest wow. in that division. So, you know, fair play to them to get to the final. What do you reckon they pay a week in wages to their first team? And again, I've used Vardy as an example at 140. So, what, 15 uh, grand. How much? Um, 15 grand a player, average 15 grand. I don't know the average, well, it's, it's, it's combined. Oh, total. Uh, so, what's our, do maths? Is our total 80? I, I, see, I don't know what our total is. And apologies, I've, I've not got that. All I can say is that our average is about 90 and Vardy is on 140. So, that, so go off that. I'm saying Vardy is on at 140 a week. What do you think the entire Coventry first team squad combined they pay out a week in wages? So it's, it's less than Vardy, then, isn't it? That's that's got to be. It's, yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, is it one hundred and twenty-seven thousand pounds a week? Oh, Coventry paying wages. Um, you know, and, and first, you know, I've mentioned that for a few reasons. First of all, fair fucking play. You know, yeah. the the twenty-third um, highest wage in the championship and got to the playoff final. But equally, you know, the other reason why I bring it up is worst case scenario, Leicester get relegated. Just, mm. just think for a moment the levels of cutting of wages we are going to have to do. I mean, again, some examples. The Norwich, understandably, have the highest, you know, relegated from last year. Um, but theirs is six hundred and eighty thousand pounds a week, you know, which is obviously fairly high. But again, I haven't got Leicester's figure, but you'd imagine it's you know four, five, six times what that is you know you're talking millions of pounds a week less will pay in wages um some other examples obviously they're playing Luton theirs is 170 um Rotherham's 126 
Uh, Sheffield United is 470. So, yeah, I, I just thought that was really interesting today. But Coventry have a weekly wage of 127,000. So, um, you know, when people were talking about, oh, I wonder what happens if, if Leicester get relegated, does Jamie Vardy stay? Well, look, if Jamie Vardy does stay, um, he's either got to do as a real favour and take a massive wage cut or, like Jack said earlier, maybe retire. But, but yeah, maybe an odd time to, to bring that up. But I just thought I'd throw that in at the end there. I, I, feel good news. <laughs> I've got a feeling ours was about 80 million a year. Okay. Mm. It, got, it, it, it's it's got to be well that. over a year because you think Norwich's squad is going to be, you know, I, I'd imagine average was around 30 or 40,000 last year in the Premier League, which has now obviously been cut significantly because everyone takes a big cut. And if theirs is still um, at 680,000. million, that, isn't it? Mm. Be about forty million that a year. That six hundred eighty grand something yeah. a week seems alarming. Like, what's ours? Hundred eighty something million at the minute. Yeah, although well, no, that's the, entire wages of the club, but still yeah. the playing staff would take up a lot of that. I, I tell you what is annoying that the playoff final is on Saturday, not Monday, because if we stay up, I actually want Cov to come up. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be good having us, Villa, Same. Forest, and Cov. But if we go down, yeah, fuck them. Want Lewis yeah. to come up. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. That's the only thing, isn't it? That that you know, what what could possibly make Leicester getting relegated worse? Well, it's Coventry getting promoted and, and Forest staying yeah. up. You know, but you're right that if we do stay up, it's great to have more games like that for sure. Um, but yeah, so just to, to highlight the difference, you know, financially, what it would mean for this football club if they did go down, because as we mentioned, we've got the seventh highest in the Premier League, um, which would probably be um, the biggest in the Championship by probably tenfold. So, um, yeah, it would put but, us in a right pickle, to I mean, say I, the least. I, I've alluded to it previously, and we'll probably discuss it when we've got nothing else to talk about in the summer, but these clubs that come up, Cov and Luton, I mean, Luton's ground's bad, but Cov didn't, didn't have a ground for about three seasons. So they're <laughs> going to come up, and you look at Forest now. I've got a few Forest mates, got a few Cov mates. Me Forest mates have been, you know, not afraid to let me know. But... The thing is, they're chasing what we did and what we've done. And when Luton come up or Cov come up and they are paying them wages, they can't sustain it. And it's, no. you, know, you look at us now, we can't sustain it. And if we can't do it, then no one else has got a fucking chance outside the big six or possibly Newcastle. No one has got a chance of chasing the dream. And we're fortunate that we actually chased the dream. We were ambitious and, and we've seen it all. They'll never, ever get anywhere near it. And in no. the end, unfortunately, you know, like if we go down, we could be into the abyss and back in League One before you know it. And it's just these inflated wages are absolutely crazy. Yeah, no, they are. But then also for, from kind of what you said before and the fact that we did live it is a major reason why I think so many of us not are OK with it. But do you know what I mean? That's why we're, we're, we're more hardened and um, less um, worried about the... The, the fears of relegation because we've we've done what all those teams could only ever dream of. We've seen it all. Um, and as we said before and said last week, the beauty of this is if you get relegated, football doesn't just end. You can just get promoted again next season. Whereas all those things we've had over the last five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years, nobody can ever take away. Um, and pretty much every club in the Premier League, you know, if they're in the same position or if they were in our position, 
they, they they swap for it because they they haven't had what we've had. But but anyway, maybe a conversation um, for after Sunday when we see what happens. Um, so look, lads, this is the final one, isn't it? The the final kind of goodbye before the the the, the last game of the Premier League season. Christ, what a season and what a what a year to begin this podcast. Obviously, we'll do one, you know, next week once the uh, um, fate has been sealed one way or the other. And I, look, I think we'll carry on as well um, doing podcasts throughout the course of the season as long as people want them. Sorry, the off-season, pre-season, as long as people want them. But yeah, lads, weirdly, it's been an absolute pleasure. Network.